0: Hi, welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod. We are Mark and Joanne. We are two people with two perspectives and two hearts. But we have one message. Our message is that when you lead from the heart, the world is a better place. Welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod. Hi, welcome everybody. Hey, this is day two of our travel talks. Really? Yeah, all
1: things travel part de.
0: Part two, right?
1: Two Hearts in a Pod podcast. Yes. Welcome, everyone, back. We're continuing our conversation about travel experiences, and particularly today, we wanted to add to our conversation different perspectives about travel. After all, you know, our tagline is two people, two hearts, two perspectives coming together with one good message with a loving heart. So we have as our guests again, Tom and Karen O'Donnell, and they're a married couple that have lots of experience traveling together over 20, 21 years of traveling together. And then you and I, Mark, are a married course. couple, and we have not as much experience traveling together as Tommy and Karen have. But 13 uh, years. individually, yeah. we have more years of experience than <laughs> because of math, because we're older. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of uh, where we're going to bring our conversation today, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, one of the things is, When we look at our podcast, we talk about two people with two perspectives, right? So Mm -hmm. we always look at things differently.
1: We do. We do. (laughs) Sometimes it's similar. I'm sure Tommy and Karen do too, right? Yeah, sure. Most people have their own unique perspective. Yeah.
0: Right. So when you're traveling, you know, it's like you like to see different things. Of course, Joanne looks at historical sites, like every corner there's a sign she's reading it, right? Every building Mm -hmm. has a sign she's reading it. And I just keep walking by, right? Right.
1: <laughs> so we, we get different things from our travel.
0: Exactly right. And so, Tom and Karen, you guys, I'm sure, are the same way, right?
1: Oh, yes. There's
2: always a compromise after traveling together for several years. You kind of get to know each other well and what you like. So we compromise on the type of adventures and things that we do. Unlike a lot like Joanne, where I do like the the history about things and we end up at some museums and libraries and things like that.
3: You know, you can still go on the same adventure, the same trip, and just experience two different things.
0: Yeah, exactly right. When you get back from your trip and you explain it to people, what you've seen, what you've learned, it's like always two different perspectives, right? Karen loves to
3: take a million pictures, mm-hmm. and I don't typically stop and wait every time she takes a picture, yes. right? I just <laughs> keep going and go wherever. Yeah.
2: And for me, it's like therapy. They know, and I know myself, I know that I can catch up. I, I do it all the time. I'm always safe, so I don't mind. i rather them keep going than feeling the pressure and just enjoy, you know, take my landscape pictures. that I enjoy so much, and that's the memories we have from our trips.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I just want to encourage all the listeners out there that, you know, when you're thinking about going on a trip, you don't have to agree You're different. You have different perspectives. It's good to just go.
1: I would say it's always good to have one photographer in your bunch because in our bunch, I'm not the photographer and you are. I I definitely want to be in the moment more and look around and absorb it all. And I try to take mental photos. And so I'm very thankful when we do return after every trip that I have your photos to look at <laughs> to remember but I do recommend somebody be the designated uh, keeper of memories I've in not that way. I've
0: dropped my phone off the, any, any I've not dropped it off any bridge, I've not dropped it off any ship not yet or train or anything. <laughs> so anyway, it's so good and it's just a it's just a way of we wanted to encourage people out there to say, you know, just don't hold back, go. Everybody looks at things differently. That's when you really have really great experiences.
1: And it, it can be the compromise, too. So as you know, we'll start to give maybe some examples here. So I'm the planner. I like to have a plan. It's To me, it's a little bit about control. And I like to know where I'm going next and know that there is a plan. And if I have a plan A, I'm pretty sure I always have a plan B and a plan C as well that I can flex to if I need to. So there's a little bit of flexibility there, but Mark is not a planner and he really enjoys spur of the moment activities and just kind of going with the flow with whomever we meet. And so we experienced this together on a vacation we took to California, the United States, to yeah. the coast, Mark wanted to get out and feel free. He wasn't on a motorcycle. So he wanted to have the freedom of the doors off a top down on a Jeep. So we rented a Jeep when we flew into San Diego, rented a Jeep, and then we took off. And my nod to that was, okay, we're going to stay in a hotel the first night and the last night. And we're going to have some planned stops along the way, like areas that we wanted to go to. Things we want to see, hot springs. We want to see hot springs. So we definitely did that. We went to see beaches. And so we knew we were staying on the coach and we want coast and we want to see Pacific Coast Highway. So we did that. But we also brought a tent and camping gear and we camped. And it was just kind of like we didn't have places in mind, picked out, reserved, none of that. So it was both. And honestly, the first night was great. We were in a hotel and then we set off for Parts Unknown heading north on... Pacific Coast Highway, and stopped somewhere near Laguna Beach. We went through Laguna, and we stopped, and we were talking with the server. a server at a Irish pub that we were at, and it was getting late, starting to get dark, and we said, "Yeah, we're we we're just chatting," and we said, "Yeah, we're camping. We don't have a place yet. Do you have any ideas?" And that conversation led us, I think, to an introduction to her sister that led to an introduction to a campground and breakfast the next day. <laughs> and I think where we went for the next two days after that. So that was definitely a compromise. You know, I started right. with a little bit of a plan. But well, we stumbled but across
0: we, Crystal Cove, yeah. which was an amazing place that I never really heard of until then. Right. right. And it's like, wow, that was the movie set of beaches. That's Yeah, the there's a lot. Um, yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Anyway, Anyway.
1: <laughs> Beth Mittler, right? Beth Mittler, yeah. So there were a lot of a lot of good things that came from, it. and we have funny stories too. Like not everything, and that's what I think we were alluding to the last podcast that we also talked with Tom and Karen about. Like not everything goes as planned. And so there was one campsite that we found. We set up our tent. It was pretty empty early in the day on a Friday. We left to go to the beach or whatever we were going to go see and left our tent set up and everything. And when we came back late that night, we couldn't even, it was so crowded. We couldn't hardly find our tent. So we had moved in and it was tent to tent to tent to tent with like six inches in between each one. So that was very interesting and (laughs) hired anyway, but. In the middle of the night, a train, a freight train, was roaring by like 10 feet behind a fence um, that was right near our yeah, tent.
0: We did, so we didn't realize the train track that was actually in service. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that we can laugh right. about now. It was not planned and it did, wasn't exactly a restful night's sleep, but
0: certainly a great wake up call. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <I bet>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those things make for great stories yeah. afterwards, right? That you can tell and laugh about. And-
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it happened to us. I I would say during our cross country trip with the RV, we knew we were taking the north route. We knew we wanted to stop at certain places, but every day was okay. How do we get to the next stop, or what's the, what is the closest campground to where we wanted to head? And sometimes you just happen to come across other things that you wouldn't expect.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I always remember that Cadillac Ranch or something. Yeah, that was
2: here in Texas.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. on our way to from Dallas to Wyoming was our mm-hmm. destination. Where was that? Abilene or... Uh, I don't know.
2: In Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo,
3: okay. But yeah, it was a bunch of Cadillacs, literally like in the ground, in the middle of nowhere. Spray, you know?
2: they sell you... They, they, oh yeah, that's there's right. They sell you spray
3: cans and... <laughs> spray paint the Cadillacs. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. great. So yeah. random. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You know, I always think about too that when I really started to travel, I mean I was in the Air Force, but when I got out of the Air Force I it wasn't until like maybe five or six years later that I really started to travel with in the corporate environment. And um in those travels and building building pharmaceutical facilities, you know, in other countries, I had the opportunity to go to Ireland, right? To live in Ireland. To their building a pharmaceutical facility, and then I got to take the family with me. So taking taking a family, so looking for opportunities like that. Anytime you get to, you have to travel for work. You know, I think it's being able to think of if you can get yourself into a position with your kids and your you know your family to everybody to go with you. That's a great experience that you can you can the kids can go through as well, right? Mm-hmm. So in Ireland, we went and for the first six months, we got to live on a mountain, called well, us leave in, in Ireland. And so living in a cottage on the mountain gave the kids a great experience, you know, with their mountain bikes and, and things like that. Then you get kind of tired of living on the mountain and you like the next six months we did it in the town and get to experience more of the, what it's like living in the town. So those are the types yeah. of things you could do.
1: All about the bundling, bundling with opportunity, make make an opportunity. I think that seeing new things is very exciting and having opportunities that take you there that you didn't expect, but making making it something.
0: Making it fun. That's, a, that's for me. I mean, that's what it's about, making it fun and adventurous.
1: I always say you never know if, when you're going to cross that way again. You never know when you'll be there again. So you might as well grab all the gusto that you can when you're there. See it. Do it.
0: There's another another trip that I'm thinking about that we kind of had to, the two perspectives or wanting to get to kind of like the best of both worlds in the sense of when well, we went to Moab, and we did the- Moab, Goan, Utah. We went to glamping. We
1: glamping? did. We glamped at a place called Under Canvas. It's just outside. There's several of them just outside of many of the national parks.
0: So I wanted to the camp mm-hmm. outside and outdoors under the stars.
1: yeah and Joanne wanted to- yeah. I wanted a flush toilet. That's a lot of times. That's my minimum baseline. I just would prefer a flush toilet. I can do with pit, but I prefer the flush. Good, so, yeah. Okay. yeah, understanding. <laughs> I can make it happen if I need to. I prefer.
0: So not to. the glamping was interesting because you get a tent, you get a, a it's a platform
1: tent. Toilet, so it's up You get on a wood. shower. Yeah, these had a, had running. Water, well, pump water, you had to pump it with your foot and pull the chain, but a flush toilet and a shower and a sink and a king size bed with sheets and wood burning like a little pot-belly stove inside the tent to keep you warm at night. So it was really awesome.
0: Yeah. But? What's the but? <laughs> <laughs> well, those nights we had like high winds.
1: Oh yeah. The weather. You can never predict the weather. <laughs> There's that. So we didn't really see any stars. Let's just say there were no stars to be seen, but there was rain and wind and a lot of noise with flapping tent canvas, but that was really cool. And that, that was another one where we, we definitely ended at a hotel for sure. That's right. Yeah. We ended inside, but we started out camping. So
0: Tommy and Karen, do you guys like to do Airbnbs when you travel? Yeah, we've
3: done a, we've done a lot of Airbnb Probably. What was the first time we started doing that? Maybe when we were in, um, when we were in Ireland. Uh, those were B&Bs. Be, yeah, the be- bed were, and breakfast. <laughs> those were the original AirBnBs. <laughs> the B&Bs. A lot of times we'll look for AirBnBs.
2: But, you know, to mm-hmm. that, to the experience, now that you said the, the bed and breakfast is right, that was the original. It allows you to get to know a local family mm-hmm. when we went to Ireland. That was the first time that we went, we didn't, we didn't have kids yet. We rented a car that we (laughs) called, I called it the Urkel mobile because it was so tiny. Thank goodness Tommy's such a great driver and loves driving on the opposite side of the road. That's not for me. That's where, that's where my compromise comes in. So he drove, that was the time that we did knew where we were staying the first night, stayed at a hotel. But then from then on, it was day by day. And depending on where we were going, we could not find our bed and breakfast. And it was dark. And we had remember?
3: Oh yeah.
2: And we had thought we were just actually had decided we were just gonna sleep in the cart. We could not find the bed and mm-hmm. breakfast. Yeah. And we gave it one more try and I think it we kept missing. You know, this is rural area, you know, nice hills, sheep. And <laughs> we kept missing the turn. Mm-hmm. But when we did find it, it was late. It yeah. was late and the, the family was so nice, the the lady so welcoming and it felt like it went back in time. Yeah. And yeah. that was great. That was a great experience. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Airbnb Airbnb travel I think is is really interesting. You never know what to expect. That's you're For be. sure. We totally <laughs> did that. We did that as well in Ireland. Yep. And um Joanne wanted. To, okay, the first two nights we were going to be.
1: This was a Joanne and Mark compromise. So again, I planned the first night and the last night in a hotel. I knew what we were getting, but the rest was up to Mark. I did plan. I
0: did plan. <laughs> Listen, I did plan the Airbnbs.
1: You did. They were planned.
0: I just didn't know what to expect when I got there. Right. All overall, all, it was overall great. It was great. But one, there was one place that we went to that Joanne wasn't sure if she was going to make it through the night true.
1: What happened? I was pretty, I was pretty convinced that we weren't going to get out of there alive. It was in a very, very old, probably 300 year old manor home that one man was there and he didn't have a car. We also arrived late in the day. So it was dusk, I think when we got there and we were traveling in the summertime. So it stayed light very late. And he wanted to talk to us and show us his whole place, which was great. The Airbnb was the old servant quarters on the ground level. And then there would be like stairs that would go up to the main entrance in the center. If you can picture like two staircases that meet in the middle at sort of like a second story level. And then you go in the front door. That was the main entrance. And he lived upstairs. And so we had the downstairs. He was just really creepy and he wouldn't (laughs) stop talking to us. And it was like midnight and we're still talking to him. Well, and he's showing us things. And it's and there was no one else there. It was very rural. No one, no neighbors nearby. And the rooms that we stayed in, let me just finish this. The rooms that we stayed in had a, um, in the bedroom. Well, it was wall-to-wall books in like two of the rooms. It was only three rooms. And that's rooms. why I loved it. And yeah, it was books. <laughs> it was like a library. We love books. So that's great. They're very old kind of musty books. Interesting. That was interesting. But right next to the bed was a tunnel that went underground presumably up to the main house and the tunnel wasn't closed off and in fact oh, uh, there were some shutters the shutter there when off. we opened the shutters that were closed there was like a mattress. a mattress thrown in there and some other things it was just very what dark was, that? was actually
0: a mattress standing on its end blocking is very creepy the tunnel so <laughs>
3: that is pretty creepy that was kind of <laughs> I actually slept pretty well.
1: <laughs> I did not take any article of clothing off my body. I laid down on the bed with my shoes on and just put a blanket on top of myself. And I read the guest book to see if there were any repeat visitors. I just wanted to see if anybody lived to tell the story to come back again. So oh, no, it was bad. That's terrible. The next morning didn't get any better either. We woke up and he wanted to give us a tour of the grounds Mark and the owner were walking ahead and I was staying back so I could scream for help if I needed to because I was for sure we were going to get bonked over the head and, you know, he didn't have a car and he wanted our car. He did convince us to give him a ride to town.
0: Oh, it's just, you know,
1: sometimes you just get a spider sense. And I had a pretty tingly spider sense that whole
0: experience. And I thought it was adventurous.
1: It was very adventurous. (laughs) We lived lived to tell the tale.
0: That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so those are some of our uh, experiences that we have. That's why I said Airbnb's are are fun to do. Obviously, hotels. You know, how about when you travel to like a, a resort and it's like all inclusive experiences? Have you guys done that?
2: Yes, yes, yeah, we um, have. Acapulco, we did that, yep. but we always leave. <laughs> <laughs> and people always ask us why, and it's just our sense of uh, adventure, and we want to see what the people are like, what the area's like, and I always wonder, what do people do, what's the regular day like, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many different ways to live your life. We always Let come back that. to it, but, right. you know, we... Just...
1: So you, you leave the property is what you're saying. Yes, you yes. you exactly. just go out and explore <laughs> yeah. a little bit. You don't stay right on the property right. the whole time. Well, you know how
3: resorts have all kinds of planned excursions for you. It's all very well laid out. So rather than doing the following the program kind of thing, we'll go and explore adventure. the town. Yeah, yeah, the town that you're in. Or
0: That's great. I really hesitate to go with groups of people. You know, tours, you
1: don't like the idea of a tour. I
0: personally don't like the ideas of tours because I feel like I, I do not get to explore and do things I really want to do on being held to a schedule. Yeah. And yeah, I don't like that.
1: Yeah. I don't think we have been on a tour. No. no, no No big
3: big tours. We did it know. once from uh, El Salvador to Honduras, a long bus ride to a, a resort, right? But it rained, so we couldn't do the actual thing that we went there to do. But we were kind of then limited to the bus schedule and all that stuff. But we learned, you know, next time we can easily go ourselves. That's right.
0: So, so, hey, Karen, Karen, I really wanted to get this in here in the podcast because I think for some reason, uh, I don't know, El Salvador kind of gets a – A bum rap on travel. People always say, when I say, hey, we're going to go to El Salvador, and they're like, oh, really?
1: (laughs) Is it a really dangerous (laughs) place?
0: (laughs) Talk to us about El Salvador, you guys, and what it's like to travel through in and out of El Salvador. And really
1: Central Central America, America. because I think that it's not the only place that's sort of in that area, that geography that sort of people raise their eyebrows when you say you're going there.
2: Well, I will give you my point of view from a native born and raised there, right? I love my country of El Salvador. Tommy came with me when we were just dating a couple months. So he has been going to El Salvador for 21 years. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very rural area. And yes, it used to be dangerous. And you just have to be a smart traveler, you know, do your research. Not everything that's said on the news is true. A lot has changed. There has been a huge increase in tourism and foreigners are actually moving there in large amounts now. We just spent the past two years there, took our children there to enroll them in school and so they could learn the language, the culture and part of their heritage, right? So for me, now having lived abroad for 30 years, Even though I was born and raised there, I've lived outside of El Salvador longer than I did growing up. So it was an adventure for me. It was a challenge because I wanted to know what it was like to live in the country that I was born and be independent. Like I have a lot of family there, but I like being independent. So driving, to go do all the errands that you normally do, taking the kids to school, the groceries. It was a big challenge because driving, it's very, you know, it's it's a city, very crowded, so there's a lot of traffic. But there's so many things I can do. The country's so small, it's smaller than the state of New Jersey. And the cool thing about it is, you know, you can have breakfast at the top of a volcano and lunch you can be having lunch by the by the ocean so there's a lot of hiking we have um it's also known as the land of volcanoes because we have so many volcanoes so there's a lot of landscape that diverse landscapes a lot of lakes and um so it's changed a lot and it's Mm -hmm. quite safe and then Tommy can tell you his perspective from someone coming in who wasn't raised there
3: yeah well (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Well, even 20 years ago, I don't know if it's just either I don't care or oblivious to it, but it didn't feel dangerous even then. For me, I just didn't think about it and nothing ever happened. But yeah, it's evolved a lot, um, a lot more infrastructure there. You know, the different luxuries that you might expect are now more normal. You're not going to find, like, the big the big Marriotts and Hiltons and all that stuff, but they have just smaller luxuries. So I would say, overall, if you like being outdoors and the physical activity, the hiking, swimming in the ocean, like just living outside the campfires, whatever it is, it's
0: definitely a good place to go. We had been there. We'd visited you guys and uh, – you have, you have a, a, an apartment in, what was the name of your town?
1: San Salvador.
0: San Salvador, but... Santa
3: Tecla is Santa uh, Tecla. That's right. west of, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically right near the city of San Salvador, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to me, I mean, it seems to be pretty safe to me. Obviously, it's just like anywhere you go, and you could take a big city and, and you can go to New York, you can go to Chicago. There are streets that you feel safe on and there are streets that you don't feel safe on, right? So it's the same thing with anywhere you travel in El Salvador. But I just know that I have this mindset of you get what you expect.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. You know what I mean? What if you don't know what to expect? What do you get then?
0: Well, if I'm expecting trouble, I'm going to probably get in trouble, right? But- <laughs>
1: what if you don't know what to expect? I think, yeah, I think that's, to me, that's the allure. Sometimes I, ha- I don't know what to expect.
2: Yeah, and it's a matter of being, you know, street smart. Just like you said, it could be dangerous anywhere. Street smart for me is more of that, you know, emotional intelligence. Be able to read, just like Joanne's spidery senses at that Airbnb is. You have, I think, traveling teaches you a lot of that, right? As you experience certain things, it gets cataloged in your brain and then you can, Use that, and and you become a smart, uh, smarter traveler
1: as you go. Have you ever had the experience where you had to rely on your spider sense to avert, you know, some potential? I don't want to say danger or catastrophe. That's too extreme, but like something bad. Or have you ever been scammed while you've been traveling?
3: Not that I know of.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it might have happened, but it's nothing. Sometimes you do, you know, when, because we tend to go off the beating path, sometimes you know that there's people out there struggling and their only income is that, that one tourist that was there. So obviously the prices say for Tommy are always different than for me. If you're a local and you speak and a lot of times for me, it's more like, I wish that people would just say, I need help, ask for a donation, as opposed to that feeling that you got ripped off. But it's understandable in in a sense, as long as it's not ill-intended, we're okay with it. So it's not, it has never been anything serious, but, you know, maybe buying at a market, buying a souvenir or something.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we were scammed once (laughs) and we saw it coming and we still... Just went with it. We read about it. We read, we were in China. Mark and I were in China and Beijing and it was around the time of Chinese New Year. So a lot of things were closed down and we were walking around Tiananmen Square, I think. Yeah. And the palace area. And uh, we met these two older women and we started talking with them and they were teachers on vacation and just, you know, in Beijing too. And would it was cold and would we want to stop with them at a tea house a nearby tea house.
0: But they were local teachers, right? One
1: they were Chinese, for yeah. sure. They were not okay. fond-
0: Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but
1: I don't they allegedly one was not from that area. One right. was not from Beijing. Allegedly. Anyway. We had read that there were that there were scams that could be executed on unsuspecting tourists about teahouses. And we willingly went with them into a teahouse and helped lighten our load by about $300 at the end of the afternoon. Wow. A long tea ceremony.
0: It was very interesting because I thought, oh, these two nice ladies. We're going to go have tea with them. We're going to get to learn about some of the local culture and all that stuff. We sat down, we're having tea. Well, funny thing about it as we're having tea, I never saw, a menu with prices on it, right? Right. And we're just sitting there. Okay, I thought we were just sampling different teas to see what kind we liked Then we would buy buy some and then take it with us. That's what I thought, right? We ended up actually they brought a check. buying tea for for the the two women that were with us. <laughs> we
1: bought tea I think for everybody I think we there. Tea for her.
0: <laughs> and and we we she hands us the check at the end and I'm thinking I'm looking at the check, and I'm thinking, you no, know, it's in, it's in, you, you on, you right? on, you on. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing the conversion in my head. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this was like 350 bucks for like a half an hour of tea.
1: It was a little longer than that, but it was, Maybe, yeah.
0: But it was like
1: we walked into it. We knew it. We
0: was. walked into it, and we realized that those two women actually knew the women that the people who were running the tea joint.
1: Yeah, they so, knew.
0: We were and, scammed. I couldn't believe
1: it. <laughs> but we did. I will say we had a really pleasant time while we were there. It was the happiest scam I've ever been involved in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At, yeah. At least it was
2: nothing dangerous, thank goodness, right? But I'm sure you learned from that experience. And, yeah, it, it's hard to say. And, and, you know, it's always
1: part of the learning experience.
2: hmm So
1: much to be learned from travel that doesn't necessarily pertain to travel, right? You learn so much about humans and humankind and about people. And in so doing, you learn about yourself, too, and what your response is when you meet other people and interact with them. So that was pretty cool. One other thing that I want to touch on is uh, we mentioned it in the last podcast, but we didn't really get to discuss it at all. And that is your endeavor of crazy ventures. And I was wondering if you just want to mention that I know that it's in a little bit of a resting place right now and not necessarily super active, but I know that it has a corner of your brain still and you're ruminating on the next iteration of what it would be. But I think it would be really cool for our listeners to hear about what your ideas were initially and how it started, how it evolved and what your thoughts might be for the future.
3: So it started really similar to what we're talking about now where you just learn a lot from traveling. Not only that, it was, I feel like people don't learn as much in their own everyday environment because it's the you know the rat race, the grind of your everyday is, um, I'll call it preventing you from opening up to new ideas and all that stuff, right? So Crazy Ventures kind of came out of business coaching that we were doing, and I was really wanting to do combine those two, working with and spending time with entrepreneurs and business owners, at the same time take the travel and adventure piece of it to get them out of their everyday environment. So we started basically putting those types of packages together, I'll call it. I think we did a couple in Costa Rica couple times in um, Puerto Rico and Peru and put something together in, where was that red? It was in like Minnesota or something with the with a group of people in uh, the um, U.S. Yes. community. But that was the original intent was to take people out of their everyday environment and go on an adventure. And through that process, connect with them, understand what drives them, discover their purpose and, come up with new ideas for whatever it is that they're working on. Business, it's usually, you know, it was usually business related. One of the big adventures was the cross-country bike ride. Riding with and spending ultimately 60 days with Renee on that ride, you know, you get to know people pretty well. (laughs) You're bonding over the activity that you're doing. It usually involves some sort of physical activity, right? In this case, obviously, it was biking. And I don't know, you just get to have what I what I would consider uh, more open conversations in that environment.
0: Do I remember you saying something about a crazy venture ranch at one point in
3: time? Yeah. So on that topic, we started down that path originally in Wyoming when we bought a ranch and that was in near Sundance, Wyoming. We held on to that for what was it maybe a year, mm-hmm. something like that, and the whole idea again was to get people out of their environment, go get out to Wyoming, get on a horseback, you know on a horse and ride and drive cattle and shoot. Prairie it's dogs. Amazing and-
1: like <laughs> Yeah, a cowboy
3: type of thing. Exactly. Man. So that was 20, I want to say 2018. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was difficult for people to take, you know, multiple flights and a two-hour drive to get to mm-hmm. this ranch, right? We didn't get a whole lot of, uh, a lot of, a whole lot of visitors that on that and just decided to to end up selling it but we really loved the idea of it and the one guy that joined from New York City it really was like that city slicker kind of experience for him actually there was a couple people that came but so we know we know it has a positive impact on people getting them into that type of environment so we, we definitely want to resurrect that idea one of these days where we can put a, another crazy ventures uh, experience together.
0: It started when I turned 60. You and Mark took me on this. You asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday. And I said, I wanted to, I wanted to go horseback riding. I want to sleep out under the stars. And I want to shoot bottles off a fence post. So. And you knew somebody that had a ranch and we can make that happen. And so that's where it all got started. And and we did. We got to experience rounding up cattle, shooting, you know, bottles off a of fence post, riding horseback. And that was that was that was fantastic. And so I, I really enjoyed it. And that, you know, when you think about team building for, you know, taking your team out there to something like that, it's mm-hmm. really a great experience. And um there's something about being in the country, being outdoors, in the open, that really does something to you internally within your spirit, you know, in opening things up like that, right? Getting you to think about what, you know, internally within your soul. That's why it's in my future to open up a training center on the beach. Because, because I know bringing people together to a place like that, that's just... I don't know. It's just being at the beach, walking on the beach, sitting on the beach. It just gives you to when you you're just in an environment that's a more you know spiritual type environment, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about it. So, and that's what I think being at that ranch did as well.
1: Yeah, the grandness of nature, the grandeur the, yeah, around the grandeur.
0: you. Yeah. So we're thinking about like our podcast. It's we're two people with two perspectives, two hearts, and one message. So if we're thinking about that. In reference to travel, what would be your one message as a couple that love traveling together to bring to other people? What would that be?
2: I would say, don't wait, do it because for us, I'm the dreamer I'm the one that does the research and and can envision the adventures we're going to do. But when it comes time to commit and actually book the trip, I hesitate because I overthink how much is it going to cost? And that's where I say I'm like the brakes and he's the accelerator, right? So he books the trip and it happens. So I know I would not, even though I always love it and enjoy it, we wouldn't do as many adventures or trips if it wasn't for him taking that step right that leap of faith let's just do it and together we make a great team it means so much to us is where we bond we connect we're creating memories that we don't give each other gifts you know we may get each other like our favorite chocolate or something but we don't get each other big gifts we rather I start thinking, what trip can we take? You know, so Christmas comes around anniversaries, birthdays, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't splurge on gifts like mm-hmm. that. We rather invest because to us going on a trip is an investment. It's a memory we're going to create is something we're going to learn or somebody we're going to meet. Yeah.
1: I love everything about that. I yeah. love, I love your analogy too, of the brakes and the gas pedal. That's perfect. The That's accelerator, perfect. the accelerator, and the brakes. Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: I'm the ever thinker, and he takes the leap of faith. Right? He he takes the yeah. he he yeah. makes it happen.
0: He gets you <laughs> out of your yeah. comfort yeah. zone, right?
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and I think a lot of people they wish they would go, and you always wait for the right time, like the movie Up, where yeah. you're saving up, saving up, and then you never get to go. So I'm grateful that he's like that because I know I'm the dreamer, but then I wouldn't take as many trips or I wouldn't be as adventurous if if I didn't have my partner in crime.
0: (laughs) Well, it it takes two, and that's fantastic. Yeah, You're better together. That's what it's about. So what about you, Joanne? What would you you give us a final takeaway from Two Hearts in a Pod?
1: My perspective on uh, travel with someone else would be, to identify what you want to get out of it, I think. Like what are you hoping to find at the end of that rainbow or at the end of that road trip or car ride or whatever it is you're doing? And just be really clear with the other person. I think that when you approach things with kindness generally and love in your heart, then you can make a way for it. There's always a way to, even if it's somebody that just wants to wander around and look at the people and the other person wants to read every darn sign that there is To learn it. It still works out. You know, you learn a little something. I have fun by meeting new people. So there's something for, there's something that you get that you want. And there's always kind of like that unexpected gift too. I think that comes with it.
0: Like in Temple Square in Ireland. You're reading a sign about Temple Square in Ireland. I'm over there talking to St. Patrick. That's right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so anyway i think that 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 really does sum up the whole intent of this podcast for sure right. and yeah. thank you tom and karen so much for sharing all of your well a lot of your adventures with us That's right. there's many more that we didn't have time to talk about today but as always it's wonderful
0: yeah thank you
1: thank you for having us
0: well hey here's to happy, future travel
1: happy trails everyone
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right okay See thank you
1: Hey, one more thing if you have ideas for future guests or future episodes if you want to leave us your comments or your feedback we'd love to hear from you you can reach us at twohearts.io that's T-W-O-H-E-A-R-T-S dot I-O hopefully you liked what you heard and you'll refer us to your friends subscribe rate and review we look forward to seeing you in a future pod